What's up, guys? Today is Wednesday, August 3rd. We got a jam-packed studio. It's episode 50, and the boys are 50 beers deep. 50 years old. 50 and forever is what we're calling it. Jared had a midlife crisis. (laughs) Mid-pod crisis. Mid-pod crisis is what we're going through right now. Nick Q just bought a Corvette, um, so we're really really going through it. Uh, 50 episodes deep. Congrats, guys. Hey, let's clap it up. Let's pop it up for us. Wouldn't it be 52? That would mean there'd be one year of episodes. Shut up, No, I like 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 50 counts. Shut up, We'll do it. Come on, Stop being a narc, bro. Anyway, Frank, continue what you were doing. That was awesome. Okay, so uh, to start this uh, 50th episode, uh, some of the boys are experiencing some uh, CRM problems. So uh, for those of you at home that don't know, CRM stands for Customer Relationship Management. I believe is it relationship? Mm. Is it? It doesn't matter. Let's have that corporate rod day, slide matter. out of your throat. Doesn't work regardless. Doesn't matter. Customer relationship manager. What a customer, phrase. It doesn't matter. It's oh. it's the shittiest. And those of you that utilize a Salesforce, which probably ninety percent of corporate America utilizes. I'm currently so. building Salesforce. <laughs> you know exactly what we're talking about. Um, and one thing I just can't seem to understand, and I, I didn't mean to take the thunder away from you, Frank, but no, it's all you. This is a. Uh, it's a big pain point. So I have to paint the picture, though. And Jared, by all means, chime in. So uh, as far as you guys know, Jared and myself work um, on the same team. So we work for the same company, same team. I may or may not have helped him get the job, whatever. So Jared <laughs> okay. comes onto the team <laughs> almost about three weeks later. Humble brag, no big deal. Yeah. Humble brag, no big deal. Don't want to talk about it. Uh- <laughs> three weeks later upon Jared getting hired, our manager essentially dipped out for another company. Right, like give or take. So he's gone. Since then, we have no manager, right? We have nobody to be aligned to us. Cannot be managed. Can't be managed. So Jared's going through training without any sort of help. And then ultimately, on top of that, we have nobody to report to, nobody to approve stuff for us. So we have to go to our zone manager who, if you're a zone manager, do the equivalent of a VP, knows they're on vacations, it's the summertime, they're gone. So essentially we're just loose cannons working with a CRM system that does not work. That sounds amazing. And oh, it's ridiculous. And <laughs> I wish I would have saved the video that I sent. Like to give you an instance here, like we were going through some stuff and all I did was type in a zip code. And when I hit enter, the zip code told me, right, like I'll just do like one, two, three, four, five. And I hit enter and I was searching for it. And it said, there was no results found for one, two, three, four, six. And I said, well, that's not what I put into the system. Let me try it again. One, two, three, four, five, hit enter. There's no results for one, two, three, four, six. And I said, you know what? Today's not the day because I'm going to shatter my laptop in half. You know what the, the CRM companies are like? You ever see the, the episode of South Park where it's the cable guys and they're always rubbing their nipples? <laughs> they're always like, oh, oh they my. They get hundreds, if not millions of dollars a year oh. for this stuff to be utilized. This phone number work. belongs to somebody that's not involved with the company? Oh, tell me more. I ran across the, by accident, ran across the Salesforce headquarters. Did by you accident. pee on it? No, I admired it. It was actually very handsome. Their logo is kind of cool. It, it is a, cool. It was. I think it was in Indianapolis. I mean, it was a massive Salesforce building. I would I'd imagine that's their their headquarters. But I'll drop the pin for you later. Yeah, for sure. You can go talk to them because I know. Well, frustrated. It's, it's, it, it, maybe it's not a Salesforce thing. Maybe it's more of like an organizational thing, right? Because. If you're in sales, you know that you're you're flipping quotas, right? At the end of the day, like you only really care about like two months of retention. Anybody's gonna sit back and be like, "No, I truly care." Shut up. Like you, you, your goal is to flip. Like you need to make money. You need to have a quota, or else you're gonna get fired. So the information that's getting just dumped into this system constantly, 
is such dog shit, like terrible, right? So then when you take over for a rep that used to be in your territory, you're now cleaning up their mess. Who was who was during their time there cleaning up the rep prior to their mess as well. So it's just a constant shitball rolling downhill. And eventually you're like, guys, I'm sending emails to no and N slash a, (laughs) and they're responding back like, dude, stop emailing me. And now I'm going to unsubscribe and I never want to be contacted by you again. It's insane. I feel, I feel that struggle because on the building side, you have to like try to prevent it from those things from being capable. And dude, I sit in rooms like, you know, how Stephen King goes in like a dark room and writes. I feel like I go in a dark room and figure out every way that these people can mess this stuff up. Yeah. And let me tell you, dude, they're creative. They're evolving. <laughs> they find a way to do and it. And I cannot stop them, dude. <laughs> they figure it out. It's- e- Eli just wakes up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat, 3 a.m. Oh Screaming. Starts coding shit. Like, I can't do it anymore. I gotta freaking sound. Rolls over the bed, grabs the Red's apple ale to cool down, bro. <laughs> it's warm. He loves it anyway. We're feeling refreshed. But, like, Jared, it's a you're Stephen new. King book. Like, you're fairly new here. You're not f- new to Salesforce, but you're fairly new to this organization, Salesforce. How brutal of a process has it been? Since you started here, I don't even use it anymore. Right? Like, I'm creating my own CRM. Man's moving door to door. <laughs> yeah. He's back on Excel. Like, he's literally yeah, going back really on Excel. Jehovah's Witness. Let's go knock, back to knock. 1993, baby. We're using, we're using the standard Microsoft Excel that's defaulted on my computer. He, bro. Shoots, he shoots me an email today. He goes, Hey, starting Fridays and Mondays, me and you were going to have an, an office hour where we're going to compile Excel lists. And I was like, Dude, we're desperate. Like, we are at that point of like, Damn, dude, like it's getting brutal out there. Did he send it via a Carrier pigeon, or did he act? Where's, <laughs> no. where's his tech at for we the were, communication? So we were actually WebEx chatting, and then he was sending me the email. So we had two separate conversations yeah, going me. on at the same time. ADHD move. It was kind of insane. <laughs> I love how technology advances so much and so far to the point where everyone just resorts to like primitive shit. Like, you know what? Bro, it advances our ability to mess up. <laughs> it's like, like we've gotten this far. Fuck it. It makes my job harder. I'm going back to Excel. I'm going back to Excel or just like the old school cold calling. Or like we do these things where there's cadences now, dude. And it's... Whoa, go through that. Cadences for oh, selling? Oh, whoa. Buckle up, dude, because this is insanity. Oh, this is where it comes back, the cable guys. This is oh, you want this relevant is, information and not stuff that's available from 2021? That's too bad. That's what I'm talking about. Hit your number. So we're doing this, right? So quotas get increased by like 20%. Like the fiscal year already started quotas get increased and everybody's sitting here like well this is insane so we have the tools to essentially reach a mass group of people at one time right like you can hit like four thousand people in a day if you really want to that is a cool concept it is cool the idea is great like and like customizable it's great here's the issue you can't do anything customizable because it's controlled by somebody else in another department so you don't have access to it so you're only given the information and the emails that get sent out based on whatever marketing or whatever person in that department's doing right it just so happens that whoever is doing that here we go shit rolls downhill and people just picking up where other people left off that exact same idea where the information that's getting blasted out to these people are articles that were created from may of 2021 june of 2021 (laughs) so think about it this way we send 400 emails out a week right to like people that are just like auto-generated Let's just do a hundred people sending out four hundred generated emails with the same type of cadences going out. So you have forty thousand emails being sent out a week with year old data. 
Yeah, that's just making then, you, that's a bad look. And then come to me and go, like, I've had people when I've called saying, following up on an email I sent you, I wanted to gather your thoughts on it. You know what they say? Yeah, why would I want to come to you when you guys are using information from 2021? Do you know what shit's changed? Playing in like hard to get in the sales game. That's and I'm bold. sitting here and I'm like, yeah, you're right. So then you send the complaints up and what happens? Oh, we're going to have a committee meeting. We'll talk about it. I don't need that. I need the, the solution to do it. But if you don't use, dude, it's this epic spiral of like, just keep selling. It's a cycle, Bro, baby. You know it's why? It's brutal, dude. You, you call them. You call them to ask for help, and it comes up in their Porsche as they're driving. Yeah. Ten miles under the speed limit, peasant, and they answer, <laughs> and then you tell them the issue, like, oh, well, that doesn't affect my stock price. And call with peasant. It's brutal. And they go back to their wealth. Like it's <laughs> it's so bad, dude. We're shots, dude. Cracks, dude. That's why we drink beer. Vent. This is what lunch beers is turning hey, into for myself. Eventing says with corporate America. You look great, though. <sighs> that's what's most important. You look great, and that's what it's all about, right? So it's just letting it off your chest about the corporate world because it does suck. And like Ralph just went over, like his everyday job depends on this software that is failing him. Just imagine that. Picture that. Uh, so that's what it is. Excel and Outlook, baby. That's all they need. Yeah, Excel and Outlook. And hey, you know what? A nice word, Doc. Yeah. It's always there for you. Be a stalker, you know? <laughs> so me and Eli played some golf uh this uh this past weekend and not only do we play golf but it was a uh it was a specific and special type of golf. So if Eli uh, if you want to elaborate on that, go ahead. Yeah. Um yeah, no, you hit you hit the nail on the head. It's a specific type of golf. It's a very special type of golf. We're talking hangover golf. Hangover golf is Ooh-wee. it's different, dude. Uh, it's <laughs> so know, uh, we both went out right on yeah, a uh, on one a thing very, to another on a very casual Friday. A lot of people simultaneously wanted to go to the same bar. Yeah, so we all went to that bar and we started drinking. And of course, you know. Friday, long day of work uh, for some people. I know in the sales world, you don't work Fridays. So, you know, fuck you guys. Because yeah, I worked till 5 p.m. Uh, this last Friday. Uh, so I worked and then met up with Eli at uh, Brew Works, of course, because we love this place. And one thing led to another. And uh, we were both pretty drunk by the end of the night. Yeah. And we had a very early tea time at Allentown Muni. Also, yeah. Uh, 7.15 was our so, tea time, I believe. Yeah. I was Pace. So, uh, Pace, hey, that early, Pace was great. That's we the time finished, you gotta go. You just got to eat the hangover. Real quick, side note, we finished 18 holes in under four hours. We Fantastic. were fucking yeah. moving. But we walk up to the first hole. Uh, you know, I put my, uh, my tee in the ground, put the ball on it. And, um, you know, I'm feeling kind of shitty at this point, but nothing too crazy. Uh, I hit the ball. Nice drive. As soon as I hit the ball, I turn around and I just start gagging. And I'm just like, yep, here it all comes from the night before. Oh boy. And I puke on the first tee of Allentown Muni. I'm a good friend. I hit it on purpose, you know, into the shit. So Frank could have some privacy and throw up. I don't think I deserve a stroke penalty for that. Yeah, definitely not. So uh, hung, hungover golf is uh, is definitely a version of golf that uh, is near and dear dude, to our dude, hearts, would you guys say? This time of year, yeah. it gets brutal with yeah. the weather. Dude. 80% humidity, and it's 89, 94. Did you drink oh my a beer God. right after you threw up? Uh, not a beer, but a high noon. Yeah, right back on the wagon. Didn't fall off. Um, you know, tied it back on and uh, had a uh, mango high noon. In the first hole, so that kind of brought me back after puking as well. Dumped in the Yeti power then, move. Yeah, and then I felt really good, actually, <laughs> after that. Yeah, no, awesome. I agree. 
uh, to everything that you do, Frank, to be honest. And Jared, to your point, you should have a separate handicap for hungover. Yes. Like right? a, it's like a, a lesser idea. version of myself, like a weaker man handicap. Yeah. Like I am not myself. I'm 70% maybe. Totally agree with that. Because sometimes I, you just feel yeah. shitty and you're like, you know what? I'm throwing on the handicaps handicap. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I need yeah. I need two wheelchairs. I need sir. a closer spot. Yeah. <laughs> I need beers. I need a park inside the building. Jared, I agree. I need a beer too. And for that reason, it's time. Yeah. This is exactly what you do when you're when you're hungover showing up to golf, dude. Never make the mistake of not getting beer the night before. You're going to get absolutely wasted. That way, you have it in the cooler. It's ready to go. You don't have to stop at the grocery store. It's already going to be hard getting to the course. Have it there. Have it ready. Hair the dog. Run your way out of it. That's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So this beer's uh, this beer of the week, Blueberry Belch by our very own Fegley. So Brew Works right in here in Bethlehem. Uh, it's a ale fermented with blueberries, uh, natural flavors added. Um, and, uh, it's, it is pretty sweet. So it's uh 4.2% and it's brewed with, uh, Magnum hops. Magnum hops. Magnum hops. Wait, that's right, baby. Way to make us feel like less of a man right now, man. <laughs> Magnum. Hop. Um, <laughs> hops. The only part I can offer. <laughs> don't forget the hops. Uh, so each batch is made using 150 pounds of fruit. That's a lot of fucking fruit, guys. Damn. This like, is like a that's beer a, that's a wine. That's a solid bench yeah. press. Um, it's it's obviously the alcohol content isn't as high up there, but it, it kind of is like a really cold wine. Uh, that's a great way to describe it. The can's actually pretty cool. A uh, bunch of just cartoon-looking blueberries burping at each other. It's Big a purple, fan of the can. I <laughs> purple, love this can. Uh, purple can with the blue blueberries on it. That's what of Frank course. was looking like at hole one, yo. Just belching <laughs> his shit out everywhere. Yeah. Opening his hole, dude. So much facts. But maybe this um, is a hangover beer to bring. Yeah, so it starts out pretty sweet, I'd say. Get your blood sugar right back and, on track. Uh, and, and kind of finishes there, too. Um, but it's not like... I can't describe it, but it's like... It's sweet, but it's not sweet, sweet. It's like dry sweet, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? There's dry so, sweet. Mm-hmm. There's such a hint of sour, but it's not sour. It's not sour at all, but it's, it's kind of there. Um, I got a, you there. Yeah. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Pretty yeah, good I do. beer. Um, again, back-to-back weeks of just me not thinking the drinkability's there. Uh, just because of the blueberry flavor. I mean, it's a great flavor. Don't get me wrong. But I just don't know how many blueberries I would want to, uh, you know, consume in any given time. Uh, so I'm going to give this beer a – hold on. One more sip. I'm going to give it a 6.3. Boom. 6.3. Yep. So the first time I had this one was like right before we moved to Bethlehem and I never really got it much after because it was actually very sour if I remember correctly. So this batch um, is not that sour. It's sweet sweet as we've been saying. So I like it a lot more. Um, I'm going to go with uh, probably a seven flat. I think it's really light and it's good for hot weather drinking and that's what we're in right now. So it's supposed to be 98 tomorrow. I would slam a couple of these. Sick. Yeah, I uh it it had I love the can, Frank, to your point. The can's funny. The only way it could be better if it's is if they were farting, like that one <laughs> South Park episode. But um 
It's a, it tastes, it's not bad. It tastes pretty good. My only issue, and this is like a totally personal issue, is I've eaten a dangerous amount of blueberry yogurt in my life. And the blueberry tastes just like that. Like, it's like the same, like, flavoring. And it makes me feel weird. I just, it's a personal thing. Like I've said, there's probably not one single person that's going to relate to that. But I'll go with, like, a 5.9 because it's still a pretty, it's a decent tasting beer. I just have baggage. It's okay. Thanks, man. I'll carry it for you. <laughs> what a gentleman. Chivalry, May I, chivalry's not your that. Head, sir. <laughs> may I take your hat, sir? Uh, may I drink your beer, sir? No, absolutely not. <laughs> this I like this one, Frank. I'm with you with like the almost like a dry wineish, but the sourness that Nick brought up. It's not like overly bitter, but the sourness definitely helps. Um, like it almost tastes like it's like grape juice and and some type of like really dry cab mixed together, but it's not like OD dry when you drink it. If that makes any sense. Um, and honestly, I feel like this actually would be a pretty good, like, oh, geez, belts, it's in the name. Um, good hangover beer. Come back with it, dude. Come back. Like, with the sugar that's in here, it rebalance you. You have two of these coming off a hangover on the links, dude, you're right back on the wagon. So, 6.4. Yeah, this is definitely a kind of beer to get you back into it. For sure. It's like yeah, the it tastes bri- like it's yogurt. A, it's a bridge it beer. It's yeah, a bridge you can beer. Pound this. Like Breakfast. I pound this for sure. Yeah. So yeah, definitely a pretty solid beer. Thank you, Brewworks, of course. Uh moving on to sports. I know Jared wanted to start with a big old RIP. Oh man. In in a corporate world that's so impossible, the improbable has happened. Um childhood hero Vin Scully is gone. RIP to a goat. One of the craziest things about him, dude, and like I'll challenge you guys to see if you can bring any any of these guys up. He was the only person that would call games by himself. Just by himself. Like you think of any network, any team, their broadcasters usually will have one color commentary guy and one or two analysts. Vin Scully did the games all by himself, man. And think about like baseball. It's not like hockey where there's like you're literally constantly narrating the actions that are happening. It's nonstop or soccer where, again, nonstop football. You might have a couple seconds in between downs, but that's usually when you kick it over to the analyst. They provide some type of feedback or like how the play broke down, et cetera. And then they go back to calling narrating what's going on in the field. Like Vin Scully has 15, 20 seconds in between pitches where he's, you know, like, what do you talk about? You know what I mean? You can't just talk about the game the whole time. Like it doesn't work like that. Um, and, and he did it. So many great calls over the years. And uh, I have actually have a cool story about Vin Scully and about a local former pro baseball player from our area. I'm not sure if you guys know who Matt McBride is. He went to Liberty, which is about five minutes down the road from our studio, right in our backyard here. And he played at Lehigh. Then he got drafted by the Indians, traded to the Rockies, made his major league debut. The Dodgers were in town in Colorado. And Vin Scully's calling the game. And this was cool for me because, like, my mentor growing up was his teacher. So he's at the game. I'm familiar with Matt from obviously having that connection. And I get home from playing a summer game. I'm watching this game, dude. And Vin Scully, like, knows everything about this dude. Like, just small-town kid from Bethlehem, PA. And he knew that, like, his dad threw the ball to him for BP every single day of the year growing up. And so and he tells a story. And, like, the stuff he knew about everybody and every player and the work that he would put in was so cool. Um, and, like, getting to see that was was definitely awesome. And RIP to a total legend. 
Yeah, Vince Scully. Um, <clears throat> obviously, like Jerry just said, uh, big old, big old, big old loss for the sports world. Uh, it's pretty weird, though, just to have him gone. Because like he said, I, I think I saw a uh, tweet today where it was a highlight of his, and he just made a, a play in, in the MLB. He was announcing the game, and he made a play with, I don't know, like five errors. Sounds so smooth and like... He just made it sound like five errors weren't happening in front of our eyes. But, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely pretty weird. Even one other, bro, Bill Russell. Another yeah, huge it? loss to the sports Seriously. world. In the same week. Dude, That's... Oh, they come in threes. Oh, no, they come in threes. Oh, Fuck. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. Who's next? Hopefully nobody. But, Please, I mean, don't do it. You know, I don't have any stories for Bill Russell, but. How comes he's Ringo. not in the GOAT conversation, right, dude? It's he's the different. most champion winner of all sports ever. He played against. It's the competition. It's, bro, it's, it's still there's 11 a lot. rings, dude. Like, that's. All right, you no, can say I that about like... Yogi Berra. He's got eight. You know what I mean? Like, no one talks about Yogi Berra. But, I mean, he's <laughs> still a goat. <laughs> like, nobody talks about People him. Talk about Yogi Berra. Come As on. a GOAT? Yeah, a no, I don't think anyone. I don't think anybody was out there at a pub like you know who's the go to baseball Yogi Berra. <laughs> like, know, remember dude. that guy who had pretty but, above average games most of the time? He's a prominent player. I the think point, he's the best. Point, point is, you know, yeah, he's an Hall of Fame. He's an Hall of Famer. I would say, in yeah, his, that was a little much. I did a little. A, I would a say, bit. an historical player for sure. Yeah, great in the game yeah. of baseball. Yeah, he's part of baseball for sure. Yeah. But, like, the goal is to win. You know what I mean? That's so true. I, sometimes I feel like people get infatuated with different types of stats and whatnot. But, like, isn't – feel like, when I play sports, like, you want to win. The dub's and a if dub. And the, the more you win – because it's not something that's easy to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, we take but it's it for also... granted. We do. We take, we take our goats for granted. We really do. At the do. professional level, though, I'd say, at the end of the day, for each individual player, the majority of it is financial reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a different game nowadays. <laughs> Eleven rings, dude. I mean, put the team on his yeah, back no, all the for time. Sure. Eleven rings and again, rings. He sure did is. a lot. Uh, he did just as much off the court as well. So um, to go. I do see that people are saying that the NBA should retire his number. Just overall, you know, just the Mo treatment where it's across the whole league. Um, or not Mo. Sorry, but. Uh, Jackie, Jackie Robinson. Mo was the last one to wear that number. That's what Deservingly I meant. Deservingly so, too. Because yeah, he's also a yeah, great exactly. person. It's a great storyline. So, um, yeah, that's definitely how it should be. Uh, Jared, why don't you take us into baseball, though? All right. We're just actually, about since it. we're talking about Mo, I'm pretty sure he actually, like, once they did retire it, he asked permission from the family and they gave it to him because they liked him so much. I mean, how do, how do you not? A guy, kid's a fisherman from Panama growing up. Playing with an orange peel in a cardboard box, and he's one of the greatest pitchers that ever lived. Like that's that's fucking sick. Um, anyway, trade deadline, dude. What what a time to be alive. I mean, this is really, this is where it's like, gentlemen, start your engines. We're getting there. We're we're yes. we're two weeks out. College football. Oh, and dude, I'm change. fired up. NFL's right around the corner. Hall of Fame games Thursday. We just had the MLB trade deadline. And Hall of Fame games tomorrow. Yeah. How about right? it? Yep. Sure is. Got the the commission email. Ooh, talk dirty to me. I'm gonna probably, I'm gonna probably flip a coin, 
bet on one side and then probably only watch like a quarter of it. That's yeah. like that's what I'm gonna do. Nope. Roll over in the morning. Did I win? Yeah. What we need to do is fire on the Ravens money line every time, build the bankroll. Twenty zero in the preseason, eighteen two oh. against the spread. No big deal. Yeah, talk oh. about good when it doesn't. You know doesn't why it count is? You know what? You know why? Because <laughs> it absolutely does not matter. Yeah. The, every quarterback on the Ravens can scramble, and once you get into like. The lower tier players play, and the pocket always collapses. So it's like that's how teams hold the lead in those games. Well, yeah, it's also all about for the Ravens running the ball. True, it's all about winning preseason. Main focus, I'd say. True, I'm gonna fade that. Preseason is the Super Bowl, Frank. All right, you're going against the Ravens. Twenty and zero, huh? You feel confident yeah. against twenty and zero? It would be. Playing? It would be pretty sick to be Titans. on the other side of that, though. Like being the guy that bet oh, on the yeah. first game they lose. Yeah. Like Every, there's always going to be a loss coming up sometime, <laughs> so it's a little scary. It's got to happen. Um, Bridge going to break, but that's knows? five years worth of pre. Yeah, John Harbaugh's goat. We already know that. Yeah, he's goat when it really it's like JV ball. Yeah, but goat. Let, <laughs> let's circle back to the deadline. How do we feel about the Yankees moves? I thought the Montgomery trade was a little weird since we I need was pitching. Not weird. Pointless. Seven on the IL. That. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. So he's gambling. Like, the only reason his record is bad this year is because he hasn't got any run support. And there's been two. The last couple games have been bad for him. Um, but I mean, dude, come on. Maybe There's so much hurt, time in the playoffs to figure it out. True, you don't know what's going on, but that was and for an outfielder. How many outfielders we do we love need, outfielders, bro? bro. <laughs> for an outfielder that's injured. <laughs> yeah, right. Like this he's not stupid. even coming back what, for like a couple weeks. That? I don't I don't understand. We're so just gambling. That was a money. little frustrating. Like go get Rondone, do something, like finish it. Trade him for Juan Soto. But it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, how about Padres are in it now? That's dude, exciting. And they got Josh Hader. Like that dude. was the thing about that. That little uh, one-two punch. They snagged Josh Hader and then got Soto like immediately after with Bell as well. It's, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see. Hader has not been pitching well of late. Um, he was nails no. in the beginning of the season. He's going to get it together. He'll be yeah, I, I agree. Up, down, up, down, baby. Yeah, true. You're going to come that's back. That's all that matters, though, is that those guys are, one, people that are familiar with the playoffs, and two, people that can contribute in the playoffs. And that's what the postseason's all about. The Padres are stacking up well right now with the rest of the league and they jumped a bunch in the power ratings. They're now like the, let's see, one, two, three, fourth best power rated team in the NL right now. So so being that a lot of the teams are set right now, who do we think has a shot for it? Because we were feeling Yankees before and they've been... Cool. They make me cool, nervous. Cooling off a Garrett little bit. to 70 wins. So, Garrett Cole. Yeah, but they're, a, cool, they're cooling down right now. They're liability to a good Aaron team. Aaron Judge has 42 home runs. Still. Bro. We're fired up. We're fired up. I, I don't know. I th- I am nervous about Cole in the playoffs. I just I think slot him in for an L every playoff game because he is not good against good teams. Dude, he, and he's sucking right now. I've, he had... Six earned runs today, five earned runs against the Royals, three against the Orioles, two against Boston. Like, you're talking, and we haven't seen a zero from a guy that's making how many millions of dollars? Our ace not seeing a zero is bad. Yeah, no, that's terrible. <laughs> that's really bad. And the thing that sucks is Severino has actually been awesome this year, and they're dealing with the injuries. I think they're just shutting him down to hopefully that he can continue to pitch well after not facing hitters. Control seems to be really good with him this year. So I think what they're hoping is to limit the load and that he can come in in October and just be the ace we need him to be. Like, just pick up Cole Slack. Nestor's competing. Tyone has been, like, pitching so weird, but somehow he wins a lot of games, which is very interesting. So roll the dice there. Domingo Herman, um, you know, 
one of the other athletes that get away with doing terrible things to women is pretty good. Unfortunately, um, speaking of that, good, but what's wrong with the NFL, Jerry? Keep ugh, your rank going, but just, just transition it. sports, baby. Yeah, so Different the, shape ball. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to talk about it, actually. I'm just I'm so mad. You know, I, just take it over. Where are we <laughs> well, at? Yeah, I'm defeated. Yeah, you, you can tell where a, uh, a sports league's values sit when a guy who bets on his team when he's not even playing is out an entire year, and then you have... The entire Deshaun Watson situation gets six right. games. I mean, when, like, he might, is when's their bye week? He might come back before <clears throat> their bye week. I did see that the Browns have the easiest schedule for the first half of the season throughout the whole NFL. <laughs> That's kind of oh, crazy. God. Yeah, right? Yeah, they can cut. Jacoby Brissett is a very good, serviceable quarterback, and they also have a sick run game. Yeah, like you know what I mean. It's not. I'm so gonna if bet 500 or above. That's yeah. a win for yeah, the you're Browns. You're betting Browns unders maybe the first like X amount of games with Brissett. Because what are, who they play the Falcons. Yeah, it's the um, number one easiest schedule. Yeah, they play the Steelers. Steelers. You know the Falcons are involved. You don't even have to look it up. <laughs> what are the totals in those games though? You know what I mean? Eagles. Oh my, that's Jacoby August 2000. Eagles. All right, Bears. <laughs> nope, that's Panthers, Jets, Steelers. All suck. Falcons, Chargers, Patriots, <laughs> Ravens. And Chargers, Ravens, Patriots, he Ravens. Back. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Chargers, Patriots, Ravens, and that's a stretch. Dude, they and could they'll be, have Watson back. They could be what five and three. <laughs> yeah, easily. And they're with they're, a backup they're, quarterback. Their guy takes over. So the the one side yeah. is like stupid. I mean, you know, we all know that Sean Watson's you know scumbag, predator, like shitty dude overall, like really bad person. But I could kind of see that people don't get that the six game suspension, like Goodell didn't. Impose that it was imposed by an impartial judge who needed a set of precedent so it was kind of hard for her and like the evidence she had to use but i did see today breaking obviously you're all going to know this by now but the nfl did appeal it so i guess we'll see where it goes um, they're pushing for at least a year but they have to i guess we'll see so wait a judge set his suspension yeah uh, a third party impartial judge that they had outsourced the suspension it's part of the new cba so the the agreement that the nfl pa the players association made with the nfl was that these kind of situations would be determined by a third party so it's like she she had nothing to build off of and she also was only able to use like four testimonies out of like i don't know a lot obviously but so it was kind of tough on her you know she did call his behavior egregious and predatory but again though she was on working paper. she was on paper she was working with very little evidence and yeah. she had a set of precedent because there was nothing for her to go off on technically speaking right because this was the first time that these third parties are judging this yeah, because also the Texans protected him with NDAs which is ridiculous so it was tough on her but you know again the NFL's appealing so we'll see where it ends <laughs> up get me out of the simulation it's, it's, dude it's tough for me to be like shitting on Browns fans as much as I want to because I'm a Yankees fan and they also have people that assault women on the team. I wish they would have traded them away. Like, Herman Chapman, fuck, send Cole, he sucks, and a couple minor leaguers in a bat and get Soto would have been great. You get three good pitchers, their wife beaters, whatever. Like, everyone in the capital sucks anyway. I mean, they let Fauci throw out the first pitch. That's all you need to know. And... (laughs) You know, so I can't be too mad at Browns fans that are hype about him and pretty, pretty scared of the Browns this year. Like he comes back for their toughest schedule: Ravens, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills, Buccaneers. Dolphins. 
Like, talk about coming back when they need them. So, who knows? It's just ridiculous. It's it's corporate. You know what I mean? Calvin Ridley yeah. out for a year for gambling when he was injured. Josh Gordon missed, He's like, two seasons the game. for smoking weed. weed. Okay, Jared. <laughs> yeah, that's even worse. Jared, now give me your uh, comeback player. I want to hear some predictions, some breakdowns. Oh, yeah. Uh, comeback player, offensive player, and defensive player of the year. Let's just all hear it yeah. all at once. We Come all on. getting into this? You guys want to pull up the odds boards? Yeah, bring ready. Come on. Let's, if Henry counts, he's coming back. Let's have a nice conversation. So I can tell you this. The last four guys that won comeback player of the year is all quarterbacks. Um, two years before that, it was Keenan Allen and Jordy Nelson. Both had knee injuries and in their season. So um kind of th- like when i'm grading this i'm thinking about injury severity how much the teams miss if they make the playoffs um and then looking basically at the odds don't think a defensive player is going to win whatsoever so like why would you think about marcus peters or humphrey or any of those guys um but one thing i thought was cool for all you giants fans Saquon Barkley opened up at forty to one. I didn't get him at that, but I got him at thirty to one to win I, comeback player of the year. Imagine I don't the think Giants ever, make I, the playoffs and he wins comeback player of the year. I don't think he would ever win that, dude. Why? He, he's he tore his ACL. MetLife literally steals people's knees he, every year. He's missed four or more games every single season since he he was he started. Okay, exactly. He, so he if missed, he goes off, like he is a front runner for that award. It's a great so, number. He's so injury prone, dude. I give him eight games for he fuck something up okay jerry what else you got um all right here's the thing with derrick henry so i think the colts will win the division um i actually already made a future on them minus 115 but i feel like instead of betting the titans at like plus 190 or whatever they are to win that division you would just bet henry four to one i think it's going to be a running back this year just because of how many good ones got hurt and came back he obviously suffered the injury what week nine last year eli yeah it's you on your remember? fantasy trophy yeah. I like Cam Akers with the Jonathan run, Taylor. Running was back. better, but or, So he's the favorite. Um, I would probably bet him over them making the, the playoffs as like a hedge play because I feel like if the Titans do make the playoffs, it's because he just continues to be the best football player ever. Um, so that's like okay. kind of the hedge play around the Colts' Ooh. future. But also, like, I don't really, I'm not rooting for the favorite. So it's to get in there. But I like J.K. Dobbins, 16 to 1. I found him. Um, obviously, Ravens guy, if he comes back and is sick, this year could be huge. Focus on the run. Yeah. Um, Deshaun Watson has odds. I wouldn't even piss near that. It's 10 to 1. Uh, Eli, what about Chase Young, 14 to 1? You think you're going to get in that action? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, love to see the Chase Young. Um, I would love to see him win that, but I don't know that he's going to make the splash that's necessary. He had right. a relatively late injury, and I feel like that's kind of <laughs> taken into consideration. Um, even though technically they have a smaller timetable to return, but I'd love to see it. Would yeah. love nothing more than Chase Young catching that. I just don't think a quarterback's going to win it again this year. Your options: Jameis Winston five fifty, catch a W. This is all DraftKings, by the way. Daniel Jones eight to one, Mayfield twelve to one, Watson ten to one, Trubisky twelve to one, Trubisky, <laughs> Mariota sixteen to one. Like I don't see any of those guys doing like anything that's so impactful that they would win the award versus. How much the running backs are? I mean, McCaffrey seven fifty. Um, a lot of those teams miss their running backs. Yeah, no, for sure, man. Great insight. Okay, Eli, take us home with uh, why you should never bet a suggested parlay 
on a sports book. Yeah, just don't be an idiot. I mean, that's like what Jerry was just talking about, like betting Marcus Mariota as comeback player of the year. Like, you would never do that, right? You would never do that. The book always wins. They always win. And people actually open the books and see a suggested bet and fire on it. Like, I want you to think about that. They're betting on the fact that you're wrong and suggesting what you bet. That is natural selection. That is Darwinism in an app. Like, literally, <laughs> dude, that is Darwinism. Like, who does? Who bets that? Absolutely I, no one. I need to know. You know what I need to know? I, I need to know two things. I need to know how much the books profit off of the suggested parlays, and I need to know how many bets are placed on those because, dude, that is insane. If I placed a bet and then it popped up a suggested bet— Bro, I'm cashing out. I don't want the bet anymore. I'm going to lose yeah, the bet. I don't do the odds boosts, nothing anymore. You know what? I'll tell you what. I did see one the other day, though. They never give good enough odds. It was Monday. Yeah, they probably it was the Monday. Margin. Judge and Alonzo both hit a home run the same game, and it was like 380. I'm like, dude, the probability of them hitting both hitting a home run tonight, like, I need way more than, than 380. Yeah, two people. I mean, Gary right? Judge is going to do it. I need five to one minimum. And I, those guys are both great power hitters, but I still need five yeah, to one minimum. That because to it's like, what are the odds? Like, seriously. Okay, Nikki Q, take us home. Well, guys, great episode. Um, thanks so very much for watching. Uh, check us out on our socials at LunchPeersPod, www.lunchpeerspodcast.com. And we will catch you next week or find us at Music Fest. See you later. Every day. Every day. 100 years of Music Fest. 